Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast, episode 9. This week we are talking about Stranger Things 4. Now that the finale has come out and we've all had about a week to digest everything that's happened, let's talk about it. Let's deep, let's dive deep right into the spoilers, let's talk about that finale, and let's talk about what may be coming next for the future of this uh, franchise. Uh, stay tuned and let's get into it. So... What did you think of the finale? Uh, actually, good, before we begin. Good morning, begin. Taylor. How are you? What's yep. new? How are you doing? It's been a hot minute since we've been back on the microphone. It's been, yeah. I mean, it's been a minute, but uh, obviously, let's uh, get to the obligatory. Join us every week as we discuss all that is Smallville. We're going to watch every episode. That's right. With you. Talkville, the ultimate Smallville podcast. We're going to go way back. Join Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum every week as they rewind every episode of Smallville and discuss their experiences with friends, fans, and co-stars. Talkville, the ultimate Smallville podcast. Now, like, before we jump into Stranger Things, before we jump into all that, um, we have been promoting Talkville a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, definitely am excited for that uh, show to start next week, next Wednesday, I believe. They're going to start launching with episode one and then go weekly from now into the unforeseeable future. They For those have of you to go who, 243 weeks. There's so many episodes. Yeah, so many years of content that they're going to go with. Um, but uh, obviously, if you guys are not paying attention to the channel, we had the opportunity to sit down and talk with these two. And it's a shorter show. I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you didn't notice, it's on the feed. Jump right out of this video. Go watch that and come back to us. This but is we timeless are definitely, content. Uh, you can listen to this episode whenever you want to. Go check out what those nice young men have to say. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Cannot wait for y'all to uh, see the episode. And uh, can't wait for that show. I'm, I'm super jazzed about Talkville. I loved Smallville. A huge fan growing up. And I'm ready for this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it speaks to how far nerddom has come that they would go back and spend that time for those fans. You know... No one's watching, you know, what's his name over on Cheers isn't re-watching those shows and doing those podcasts. So I feel like this market is, uh, it's a good That'd time to tap that market. Cheers is a fun show. But anyways. Cheers is great. Uh, we watched, that was one of our COVID shows. Yeah, let's uh, let's get let's get into it. Let's go, go back to the topic at hand. Obviously, <laughs> massive spoiler alert. We are not going to shy away from any topic, any death, any development, any leak, anything in between. We are talking all about it. If you have one of the 10 people in the country who live under a rock and have not seen the finale of Stranger Things, I am sorry, but we are going to spoil everything right now. Yeah, this is it. This is it. This is not for you then. You should maybe wait a little bit longer. Right. So, no, um, Stranger Things 4, we got the finale. Right. And let me just jump off right here and just say that this is not, we will, I will not be able to critically talk about this in a way. I don't see problems with the show. I would love for you to point them out to me. It's such a fun fandom show that we have in our house. It's something that me and my wife both enjoy together. We can't. It's not like one person watches it by themselves. I have enjoyed all of it so much. And funny enough, it's almost like the American Harry Potter because we've watched <laughs> these kids grow up so much. I just want more of them. As the season was happening, I was like, are we not going to get high school? No, high school is coming. But that's not where we're at yet. We're probably going to chime back in the season, in season five with these kids' senior year or something and see what it was like for the, the last few years. But 
you know, I honestly maybe we're the wrong guys to talk about this because there neither of us have anything negative to say about this show. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? There's there's some maybe there's some pacing issues. I mean, it took a they the 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 Vectus. I love that they don't know what to call him either. That whatever you want to call him, the show is fine with. He has like, three names. They're like, yeah. Henry, Vecna, one. What do we call him? Just pick one, guys. Like, well, that know, was a great line. Is, yeah, and it speaks to the multifaceted nature of the show. There's a lot of people that like this show as a horror show, but it's also a very science fiction-y show. You know, there's a lot of stuff down that path. And I would even say it's also kind of a spiritual show. It's not spiritual the way klaus is talking to ghosts and stuff like that at umbrella academy but there is a weird i don't know there's an energy to that show of you know they're fighting demons so maybe there is a a good side attached to that as well so i don't know it just feels it it fills all of these niches it's got this weird good versus evil like duality to it like it it really does go full-on like the dichotomy of good and evil and you have characters like eleven who most of the season struggled with this idea that maybe she's the bad guy. Maybe she's yeah. the monster. And then as we saw in the first half of the finale, the first uh, of the second two episodes, um, she found the obvious reveal that she wasn't the murderer. She wasn't the the problem that she essentially was the superhero and everything that she went through with Papa in the season, including up to the point where he died. And she like almost went like super Saiyan and just ripped out the helicopter out of the sky um, she was like always doubting herself, always doubting her powers. And then she's like, Nope, I'm the good guy. I'm going to protect the people I love. And then just here she goes. And it was such a cool development for this character. And as season as a whole, um, I see a lot of people on social media who just praise the show. And every once in a while, I see like a little person saying, this is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, then it's not for you. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but- you can not like the show because you don't like those categories. That's fine. But I'm telling you, I'm watching a lot of TV right now, and nothing in Miss Marvel is making me as excited as Stranger Things did. Yeah. Nothing in Miss Marvel, which has now turned into a Power Rangers show, in my opinion. So, oh, 100%. Have- but we, we will we will dedicate a whole show to what is going <laughs> wrong with the MCU, because yeah. I have thoughts. Great. Okay, I good, dude. Okay, so good. many thoughts. Great. I'll make a note of that, because that's a great episode, because I, I just saw Thor, and there's great stuff in that, but it, it feels like... They are reaching for some of this great stuff. stuff, as in great visuals, and everything else is a dumpster fire. My buddy, <sighs> my buddy Ryan, basically described that this movie is a pretty okay version of Batman and Robin made today. Oof, oof, that is. Listen, listen, don't. We can't get into that. We got to stay on yeah. Stranger Things. We'll stay on Stranger Things, but I, we have thoughts <laughs> of Marvel. Um, but no, um, so we had three storylines going on this season. We had the. I said three. In our pre-show, we talked about three. I just added four in there because you're right. I forgot about Eleven and how much of... Yeah, Eleven is kind of her own thing, right? We have the California boys. We got the... We got Adventures in Russia. We have the Hawkins team. And then you're right. Eleven then picks up with them, but Eleven was her own thing for a long time. Right, for the most of the season... um, because she went with Dr. Owens and she was like, oh, maybe I'll get my powers back from him. And then she got, got blindsided with Papa being alive. And she's like, oh, no. And then they had this like moment where he's like, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to give you your powers. But then in the beginning half of this finale, he was like, no, you're not ready yet. So you can't leave. And he, they like locked up Owens. They lock her up and she attacked Papa. And then the government shows up and is like, we're going to murder everybody. And just like rampage. Papa gets killed. 
She goes Super Saiyan, gets her powers, kills a helicopter full of a sniper and a, another dude that were just being malicious, blew up all their vehicles, and then the California boys show up and like, get in the car! And she's like, hell yeah! And they jump yeah. in. <laughs> they find themselves a motel. And I don't know, like, it was really cool to see that storyline go together, and it reminded me, and maybe this was intentional, it reminded me a lot of the Empire Strikes Back, where Yoda's like, you're not uh, ready, Luke. 100%. Yeah. Every time that Paul Reiser was like, you know, if, if, if you go save your friends, your, your powers aren't going to be that good. I was like, this is what Yoda said. This is right. exactly what happened to Luke. And mind you, almost just like what happened to Luke with the resolution of the story, obviously, but it was a little different, Eleven saves the day, right? She, she keeps uh, Max from dying, but... And this is my my theory for the next season. Uh, in that final shot where she is uh, going into Max's mind, looking for her, finding out why she's in a coma, Max isn't there. Which reminded me of that that moment in the beginning of the the two episodes where the uh, Papa says Vecna absorbs the essence of everyone he kills. So I believe that he absorbed Max's consciousness, but her body is still alive in the hospital. So eventually, she's going to have to get- go into Vecna and take her back. Do you think that we're going to get a Mad Max that we, that Vecna will have that we will see a personality of Max attacking the kids when I mean the upside down is in Hawkins. I mean the the season ends with 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 the town has a natural disaster. I was like, "Oh, the show is not over." Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought the show was going to be over. There was a there's a certain arc that happened with this show and because of so much that happened in season three i was like oh maybe they're winding this down no nothing's being wound down nothing they they still have more stories to tell they still have more adventures to have and um so many interviews happened i i don't think that um max is gonna uh, maybe i mean they could maybe vecna could use max as like a uh max's like soul maybe like a demigorgon version of max or something and like kind of do what a the Hunger Games movies did not do, but the books mm. did. You know, in the in the movie, the Hunger Games had that scene where all those genetically modified dog monsters were attacking the people. But in the books, to really mess with those kids, um, the 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 game players they put the faces of the dead on those yeah, monsters. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I feel like Vecna could do something similar, where he sends out like a legion of captured souls and like has them attack, but the face of their friend, but Vecna is inside. I guess something like that happen, and I also like it because uh, I feel like the four kids that the, 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 the three other kids that got murdered this season, um, cheerleader girl, nerdy Chrissy. kid, uh, Chrissy. Thank you. Who was the third kid? There was uh, nerdy black kid, kid in the lake. Black kid, and thank you. I, I think that those kids they did great. They can come back and do something more, or you know, haunt the kids because they didn't save them. I think that's yeah. great. I, I don't feel like Chrissy coming back would matter to anybody because her boyfriend died. And then um, Eddie, the greatest new addition to the cast and the most, like, there are so many things I want to say about Eddie. Like, <laughs> such about, a great character. Yeah, I, he was, it's so funny. There's all these archetypes in the show from, you know, from growing up in nerd groups, the, uh, older mentor kid they did that role so well and they explained i don't know he felt close to my heart because i feel like we knew a couple of super seniors i feel like we knew some people that were very intelligent people that could not get through high school 
just it wasn't that they were not smart enough to get through it. They didn't like the the bureaucracy of it, and they just sure. like like they were very much like damn the man, I'm not doing this final, and they just kept failing because of that reason. We hundred percent sure. knew like three or four guys like that throughout our entire high school experience, who were all very smart guys, very very charismatic, but just very stubborn and fought the teachers. Mm. And hundred percent, that was Eddie. He was clearly a smart guy. He was clearly very passionate about what he loved. And um, there were so many moments with Eddie in this season where he, like the scene where uh, at the very beginning, when Nancy's uh, talking to the Vecna and they're like, fine music, fine music. And he holds up Iron Maiden. He's like, this is music. And I'm like, a, a I, I relate a to that. Throwaway, <laughs> a, a very quick throwaway scene, not a throwaway scene, but a, such a great line. Because I, I, I want to let you know, I felt the same way. I was never into Def Leppard or uh, 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 Black Sabbath. And then you go back and listen to those songs. You're like, oh, this is a pop song. It's not a pop song the way Running Up the Hill is or Britney Spears. But these are songs that you can, that you want to, that are enjoyable. And I completely yeah. understood when you go back and listen to those things, why it's such a thing. It also speaks to, you know... TikTok is now a platform that artists release music on. It which speaks super to the, weird. which is super weird, but it speaks to the strength of this show that one of the choices that the show made in the Kate Bush song of Running Up the Hill, which is mind-blowing that it was on such that that song resonated with people so much that they then went and downloaded it and then went and yeah. listened to it even more cuz it's the one on the Apple iTunes store it is yeah. not you can't listen to it through the compilation album you got to go listen to her page right and i was reading um on a side note a complete squir- chasing a squirrel moment on a side note she had apparently made was it like 2.3 or 3.2 million dollars in royalties in the last 4 weeks because of this that song like holy crap Right, which just speaks to the 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 masses popularity of this show. I saw a great meme from uh, Back to the Future where Michael J. Fox is saying, yeah. "Yeah, it's a little bit before your time. You don't understand it, but your kids are gonna love it." And maybe that's just the synth world that Stranger Things puts you in. But the song fit in like it was written for the show. It was all. Right. It felt like this perfect little gem. They tried. Listen, uh, the Metallica Master of Puppets. Oh my god. Real- it's real great. It's a great thing, but it's not the same as the other song. The other song yeah. felt so earned. And you know, what's so funny is that scene where she's walking through the halls, like episode one or two, and she's listening yeah. to her music. You know what scene that reminded me of? So the scene scenes. in Donnie Darko. Oh, where they're pl- yeah. where, where they're going through the hallway and you have the 80s song. I kept, I'm going to let you know. That maybe Donnie Darko needs to come back as a TV show and have multiple kids with multiple weirdness because those arcs just paid off so well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe we were just at that age where Donnie Darko hit us weird in our was junior or senior year when that came out. And we were like, I resonate with this movie and I don't understand it. Like that was just the, the culture of that time. But I don't know. But what I thought was so well played with that song, with Kate Bush's song, was the way they introduced it, it sounded just like the normal music for the show Yes. until you realized it was its own song and it was kind of a banger. And you're like, okay, cool. I kept waiting. I kept looking for the remix version of it, like the version they used in the show. Nope, just that's the song. That's just the song that they used. Well, I mean, there, there, has, there is an orchestrated version of it where they had like the long, like the big sure. buildups. Like 
but I don't think that's ever going to get released. I think that's just part of the show. <laughs> that was just them. <laughs> sure, sure. Just, whoever makes their music just is like, I'm just going to use those riffs and go like really big and crescendo it. And that's what we got. Okay. Maybe I lied. Maybe we could start picking this thing apart and talking about it. Uh, <laughs> if I had to choose, if, if you were to tell me like, what's the one thing that takes me out of the world, tiny 11's uh, deep fake face uh, was always jarring. They're really working on that deep fake technology. Hollywood has not gotten to the level of YouTubers yet, so that wasn't there. Um, All right, so I, I will say that that uh, Tiny Eleven is somewhere between Mando season two Luke and Boba Fett Luke. Like for, for sure, it's not not it's, quite. Yeah, it's not way better than as, the Mando one. Yeah, not nearly sure. as perfect as the Boba Fett one. Because that no. Boba Fett one, when I watched it, I was like, Good lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And listen, I know why they had to do that. And I'm glad they didn't get some little girl that obviously wasn't like, I understand what the intention was. And that's fine. That was the yeah. only thing that was weird. Uh, okay. So that was 11 story, which felt very uh, altered. What's that movie? What's that movie? Altered, altered minds where she, you know, she's going into herself and stuff like that. What did we think about the California boys story? Because I think it's the weakest of all the stories. I do too. Um I I don't know, maybe I'm a little conflicted with the California Boy story because um, I felt that Jonathan's story this season as a whole was probably the weakest up until he had that conversation with uh, with Will, which was this beautiful conversation. Which, like, why didn't they have, why, they've been slow burning that for so long. Why yeah. not have the audience know about that at the very beginning? Because it yeah. redefines that relationship in a really great way. They didn't come out and say it. They gave you all the clues and the brother is very accepting. Um, but I wanted, uh, I would have loved to have had that relationship have him have the relationship he wants. Obviously not with his friend. He is his friend. He does not have his feelings. But like right. the stoner pizza guy could have been somebody else. And we we got a right. very Spicoli character and we didn't get anybody that adds. He's part of the group. He's a fun guy, but he's not the emotional core of any of this. Yeah. And I feel like he was, Argyle was kind of a wasted character because he wasn't super necessary. He was a, he was a plot device. Yeah. Like he, he was the guy that gave them access to the van for the road trip and then gave them access to the fridge for the the, sep the deprivation tank. But these are all things that could have easily been done by someone else. I also and I also thought that he was going, you know, they, they talk about weed the whole time. I kept waiting for him to get into harder drugs or, hey, Eleven, <laughs> we're going to give you an ayahuasca trip. And you were really <laughs> I, I kept waiting for something like that because. What's up, girl? Big, I got big, some big, LSD. We're going to jack you up full of it. Like, right. that's kind of what it sounded like. Yes. And the only big payoff was he gave, he he got a whole pizzeria for a some shitty 80s joint. He was able to yeah. give that kid and the, the, the other fake version of him. Yeah. I was just like, okay. Um, Argyle is Argyle. Whatever. Or maybe they should have had one of those um, CIA guys be stuck with the kids the whole time. Like a young guy who doesn't know how to, like, listen, I don't know what to do with you kids, okay? I'm fucked if I go back. If we go this way, we're killed. Like, what do we do? Right. I just, I don't know. I I understand the point of all of their stories, but, like, they broke up the older brother and Nancy in such a way, like, I don't I don't know what they're setting me up for. I, maybe yeah, and it was, I on that note, I was so weirded out by this idea, because you spent season one really hoping that Nancy and Jonathan would get together. 
and hating Steve because Steve was a bad guy. Season two was Steve's redemption. Season three, Steve's redemption, the sequel, he became like, it was like Adventures with Babysitters with Steve and the boys kind of a thing. Steve, and I think that's, be, I think that's them reading the show and what fans want because yeah. Steve is one of my favorite characters on the show, even though, but he didn't start off that way. And his arc has been full, so full circle that I don't know what they want me to think about him now because he can't yeah. be with Uma Thurman's daughter. She's going to be with fake Molly Ringwald. So yeah. I don't know who he's supposed to be with. And that's why I felt so conflicted because like we, we, we're cheering so much for, for Jonathan and Nancy. And now I'm like, do I want Steve and Nancy? Mm. Like, do I want Jonathan mm. to like, but it's also like, they do this with like standard plots, like where they, they build up this emotional connection, then they kill it. And I'm like, are we going to have Steve's going to die? Is Jonathan going to die? Like who's what's going to happen? Like, because we honestly, I was expecting more people to die this finale. And obviously we lost Papa, which was, all right, because we thought he was dead in the first season. And I didn't care. Also, about he's him. a piece. Of, he's a piece of shit. He did. Yeah. Terrible. Listen, I understand that they do that argument like the greater good all the time. No, 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 no. He tortured children. He had he the children do psychic fight club. He is a bad he, person. He took babies out of women's wombs and said, "Oh no, baby's dead. Put it in a box and like <laughs> ran off." Like, yeah, yeah, that's so like, true. Not a good guy. Not um, a good guy. So, like, when he died, I was like, "Yay." He's gone <laughs> again. Eleven is so, she's so fucked up. They they did so much to her. I thought her goodbye scene was very in character because he because what he wants her to say is, I understand why you did all of these things, and she just goes goodbye, Papa. Oof, oof, yeah. She is an emotional killer. And so I was. So one thing here's one of my little critiques, and okay. I will. I, this will always be my critique about things. And we, we, this was a critique that I put for the Batman, and I got a lot of people hating on me for it because they're like, "It's a comic book movie. You got to accept it." Like in the Batman, that scene where he like crashes into the wall, and I'm like, he would have died like a hundred times. Um, displays of Eleven's power seemed kind of inconsistent. Bro, and Taylor. You are speaking my language because sometimes she's struggling to do things and then other right, times right. she just doesn't effortlessly. So like in season one, uh, she flips that minivan, which that minivan is probably a few thousand pounds, right? Okay, pretty cool. Um, in this season, she picks up that tank with all of that water, which is probably maybe one or two tons worth of Yeah, they, they, said, it, they said it was super, super heavy. Right. Yeah, and then like she struggles just waving that helicopter out of the sky, and I'm like, okay, so is she strong or is she like, is it like Luke where she like when she doubts herself, her powers just don't work or like, wh where's the inconsistency? Like, obviously she can throw a truck, obviously she can throw, like she can pick up this giant tank, and then she struggles with a helicopter, and I don't know, I mean, but like the amount of weight that she can display with picking up that tank or picking up that uh, the van. She could have just like crushed the helicopter. Like it's comparable, like physics. So I'm like, she just spent like five minutes waving it around, and I'm like, I just saw you do something harder like five minutes ago. I also kept waiting for her nose to not bleed. I felt yeah. like the ble I felt like the bleeding nose was to show, oh, she get she can't control this. Then she does all this stuff, and her nose still bleeds. So maybe that's her superhero costume. She has to have the little bit of blood there. It doesn't yeah. bother me, but I was like. 
it, it's so funny that we talked about her going Super Saiyan. Maybe her hair does need to go gold so that I know that she's in an upper register of her powers. I don't know what else we're supposed to do with that. Is it wrong? Like, that maybe it's just our generation who, like, when we see superpowers, we have to have some physical change. Like, Listen, I'm on episode 1,000 of One Piece now. Even even uh, Luke, Captain Luffy's body changes when he gets to gear four. So I don't know. I kept expecting something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just like, maybe that's just how we are. But we have to see a visual cue to know the powers are working. Like, in uh, Multiverse of Madness, like when Professor X is using his power, and you see the little waves? Maybe we need that. Maybe we just need to see, I like, listen ripples of the air. I'm <laughs> totally down with ripples in the air. I think anything that you can do to amplify those amplify some of that stuff because i'm gonna let you know her hand posture is not as strong as it used to be it used to be very uh, but when she was doing the the airplane it's kind of like uh, i don't know it's such a weird thing to critique her force powers that they weren't forcey enough for me yeah uh but yeah no i feel that i feel that there's a little inconsistency there and like maybe you can argue that that weird bomb bracelet necklace thing that her dad put on her head like was is it a bomb or is it like a power dampener i don't know what that was i think it was a power dampener but it also might have been a bomb you're i would love i would love to have seen one other example of that in one of the flashbacks yeah like i wanted i was like did he did he put a bomb on her head or is it to stop her powers like what did he maybe her wearing that like that choker thing is why she struggled with the helicopter and she was just extra mm. badass as so she powered through it like maybe that's it but they didn't explain it so I have questions, and that was where my issue was. I'm like, so what was the big deal with this thing? Does it, like, explode if she takes it off? I mean, it looked like it was, like, an easy lock to pick. She could have just yanked it. Like, what was yeah, that thing? I, I I also don't understand what is the point of psychic powers if I can't rip bomb necklaces off my neck. <laughs> like, at a certain point, isn't that the point of having superpowers that you can do these things? So who knows? I mean, I mean, we all saw X-Men 3 for as bad as it was, but with psychic powers, you can dissolve matter. Like, we That's know right. that. <laughs> That's right. That's very true. That's canon. That's um, actually what I was expecting to see. Like that would have been to me like eleven is at her peak. Is if she just started floating and like doing her power stuff. Like pull a Jean Grey. I'm ready for that. I think eleven deserves it at this point. I also agree with you. I think it's time for eleven to start floating and flying. I don't know when that happens, but I'm ready for. I mean, her we saw too. it for like five minutes in season two, so let's see it again. Right. Okay. California Boys is definitely the weakest of the storylines. That being said, I liked. I don't know. Maybe they needed a faster mode of transportation or a rich kid with a private plane. They cover, I drove to Utah with you. That is not a small drive. And they do all of this in a couple of days. So, I mean, you can't, I mean, from where they were at in California to like Salt Lake City, that's like a nine hour drive, oh. which is doable. Yeah. But they, then all of a sudden they cleared from Salt Lake back into Nevada, which is like two hours, not a big deal. But then cleared from Nevada to, Hawkins, Illinois. Middle and who the, knows how long that took? Middle, and they go to the middle of the desert? Like, they just go to that place? Right. And then, and then also, coincidentally, somehow, Hopper and Joyce made it from Alaska to, to, to Illinois in the same amount of time. Well, let's get, to, like, let's what is get to the adult story. Funny yes. enough, of all the stories, the Russian story is the funniest of them. Like, if we talk about, like, yeah, comic yeah. beats... It's the most hardcore, but it's also kind of silly. Yeah, it is. It, it was so weird. Um, the only other thing that I thought was silly about everything in the show, I think uh, Eddie and uh, Dustin's storyline was probably was pretty great. Sure. Um, and especially with Dustin, like 
reminded me of like our little nerd friends growing up whenever we were like all right we're gonna go do some hardcore camping and they would like overcompensate and dustin was like wearing a ghillie suit and like a headband and i'm like you don't know what you're doing but you're just putting on everything you think will be applicable here anything anything at all anything at all that you think could be applicable you gotta and wear i thought that was funny but it was like observational funny not intentionally funny sure um but um the the russian pilot whatever what was his name um, oh, we're gonna get it wrong. Listen, the fact that we don't like him means that it's. I think it's Yuri. It might. I think Yuri. It might yeah, be. yeah, Yuri. Um, I did not like him. I thought yeah. he was super annoying. Like, and I liked how they like turned it around and said, "Aren't you supposed to be a hero?" And he's like, "You're goddamn right. I'm supposed to be a hero." Then he like switched sides and became a hero. And I'm like, "All right, cool. Now he's less annoying." But yeah, he's. They're very clearly playing off the trope from the '80s. I for. Uh, I think it's the comedian was. I'm going to get his name wrong. I think it's Yakov Shmirnov, the guy who is like, uh, in mother in mother Russia, Coca-Cola drinks you. Like, that was that guy's bit. There was a little bit of that there. Uh, I don't know why they thought that that had to be so silly because the stakes in the Russian prison are crazy high. I can't uh, – Hopper is yeah. a superhero. Hopper has the ability to go through the most pain imaginable and get out on the other side. Yeah, and I think – Hopper as a character, like I kept expecting him to die. I'm like, he's yes. gonna die. Um, but then even that scene where he and Joyce had that uh non-script like makeout session, because that wasn't part of the script. They were supposed to mm. just look at each other tenderly and they're like, We're gonna do it. And like that was them just doing it, and they're the, the camera guys are like, This is gold, yes. But when he like took his stuff off, and I'm like, my wife even was like, Whoa, Hopper got jacked. When did he go from season one, like fat hopper to like Holy crap, uh, Hopper. The answer is the Hellboy movie. The Hellboy movie happened is what happened. <laughs> but not even that, because he was still, like, he after he did that, he, they were still working on season three, and he wasn't, like, jacked either. Like, mm. this was just Hopper, like, this was David Arbor just, like, I'm going to get, like, Russian prison skinny, and then, like, just use that opportunity to get some jackness going. <laughs> now, <laughs> just... I, I felt that what was being set up, I thought that Hopper and Janice were going to show up in Vectus. They were going to meet the kids in the Upside Down. I kept expecting them to go through the Russian portal. I kept I kept waiting for them to have to go into that room, and I don't know how this works in terms of space and time because it feels like the Upside Down is one-to-one counterpart, but I thought I they thought were going to so. go... I thought they were going to go through that room and show up somewhere in the upside down and save the kids. I thought right? they I were going to be the ones that get the things off the wall. I kind of saw that too. Like, they were going to like find a portal. They're going to be like, all right, this is our fastest way. Like, like how he went from Hawkins to Russia in like two seconds. I, yes. like, I, I thought like, he was going to go back to Hawkins through the upside down and they yeah. were going to be the third act. And they just hurt all the, the the demon dog so that hurt the monster back in the upside down right which i thought was like okay that was kind of weird but sure um on that same note like i liked how they're like we're going to break back into the prison this is going to be bad and then they like pull up and they just hear the gunfire they're like this is actually going to be pretty easy because things are going very bad yes <laughs> like, um i liked that whole angle um but i did feel like that third act like him basically using himself as bait and then like Joyce being like, I'm going to fight with you. And then like the fact that he somehow magically got Conan's sword. Well, like, you're the other person that has said this to me. The sword was part of the weaponry that the guys were given. Oh, no. And then it was I, just on the ground. 100%. I get that. But like, but Conan the Barbarian's actual sword. <laughs> yes. Like he was holding the, uh, he was holding the famed Excalibur. In the, yeah. Like yeah, I'm watching yeah. it and I'm like, 
did do they just love, they love that movie in Russia? Do they somehow get the? <laughs> that's a weird story. That's really, a... it'd been like to me, it'd been just, probably the thing maybe less weird, but also equally weird if they would have pulled out like He Man Sword, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> sure, 80s Russia. They probably had like someone in the prison who liked cartoons. Like, like I could make that gap, but I'm like Conan. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. But and we haven't set little... and we haven't set up any. There's no magical weapons in the world besides eleven. There's yeah, no brain is the only magical weapon. Yeah, there's no like oh if we have this thing we can do it. Yeah, you're right. There's you're no right. MacGuffins aside no, from eleven. No. Well, and and, the, and whatever they do with, I mean, with Vectus and stuff like that. He does. Right, and he does some magic like, in there. And I think that's to me where that's the Harry Potter stuff ends is that. In like the eleventh hour of Harry Potter, like I remember, it was like the last the, the last ten pages of like the second to last book. They're like Horcruxes, and I'm like, this was a weird development to throw in at the eleventh hour. Yeah, like, but they didn't do that with Stranger Things. Maybe next season, but so far, mm. nothing. Well, <clears throat> and and uh, the Russian stuff. I, listen, I felt I knew we were going to get a lot of Russian stuff when I saw that set. When I saw that they built all of the that, now they prison? didn't build, yeah, they didn't build the underground pipes that they sneak through. We saw no seeds of them crawling through pipes. So they didn't. Build that was that funny, set. though. They're like, they're like, we're going to the sewer. And he's like, we stretched through poop for miles. And I'm like, that would have been fun to see. But I nope, see nope, clearly just, they're going to go like back Andy, to the prison. It's just like Andy Dufresne. It's the exact same as Shawshank. Just, yeah. just think about that. Um, but like, even in Shawshank, we saw like that one shot of him crawling through a pipe. <laughs> I see that's I that's what we're supposed to imagine. Um, yeah. but as soon as I saw that Russian set, I was like, "Oh, we this prison is going to be a huge part of the show." Yeah. Uh, and then we have the Hawkins bunch. We got yeah. the ragtag babysitters club. Everyone's in the gang now. We're going everywhere. We get that. Oh, we get the great side mission where they got to go see Hannibal Lecter. We got to go see Hannibal Lecter uh, up in the prison and he tells his weird story. So that was yeah. all really fun stuff. And then how like the in the final stretch, um, they break up into multiple teams um, to go uh, attack the Vecna because they believe that, OK, if um, I just forgot his name, I know his the, the actor, his name is Caleb. But what is the, the one kid, the one who went with Max? Uh, uh, the basketball kid. Yeah, I just forgot. I know the actor's name, but I can't remember his character name. That's a problem. You'll pull pull up the IMDb. We'll get it right now. He's a he also Caleb had the McLaughlin, best. Who do you play? I, I really like that he had the story. It felt like the eighth grade storyline of you you join you went to high school and now we're not friends anymore because you're doing other things with your cool friends. I like that. I thought that Lucas, was a good lord. That was Lucas. so frustrating. Lucas. Okay. but so, um. He went with Lucas went with Max, which was a kind of like a side story within that that group. And then you have Steve and the girls going to Napalm Vecna. And then you have um little Justin sister, and, little sister outside inside of the swing. Yeah. She has to light everything up. And then she has to like once they have like the signal, she she's gotta like just talk because they can hear her through the upside down. And um, and then you have uh Dustin and, and Eddie uh guarding the gate, guarding the exit. Um I'll gush about Eddie's whole deal in a minute, but um, was it just me or did that, that whole sequence where like Lucas was being beat up and the, the, the three in the house were being attacked by the tentacles and then the bats were coming. And then like, did you just be like, I had anxiety thinking that someone was going to die right then. And I'm like, they're going to pull a game of Thrones and kill someone. And then 
they didn't. And I was super like, okay, uh, I'm relieved, uh, but that was that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that they the way that they built that. I also thought Eddie was gonna get out. I thought yeah. Eddie was gonna go to the river to the river hole. I thought we were gonna see him go to the lake. That's not what happened, of course. Um no. which is okay. Yeah, no, the but it's not okay because I think Eddie was such a great character, better than most of the other characters on the show. Maybe that's he, why he had he, to die. Well, and he brought a level of energy to his performance. He really understood who that kid was and what he yeah. was getting across. Um, you know, funny, we haven't talked about Obi-Wan and what a shit show that show was. Uh, but one of the things that came out after Obi-Wan was that that was supposed to be a movie and that the movie got canceled because of the poor performance of Solo and was supposed to be three movies and all of this stuff got cut out, but they didn't change enough. So the original writer still got credit. This show in that, even in that last, you know, those last two episodes that are basically a three and a half hour movie, um, we still get moments that feel precious I love the scene when Lucas is writing Max where they can't talk and he invites her on the date and stuff like that. Yeah. The show does such a good job of writing to these actors, writing to their performances. The fact that Max got a second monologue that wasn't as good as the monologue in the graveyard, um, but was just as good that then went into the Vectus world. Like they just do such a great job with all of that stuff. And I love the way that they did it with in the third act where any one of those kids could have been killed. One of the kids, we could have had any of those kids choked to death on the wall, and we're almost waiting to see which one it's going to be, and then unfortunately we find out it is Eddie. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like, that master puppet scene, I thought was, it was funny, because uh, I've got my wife next to me, and i got my son next to me, and uh, he starts playing it, and he starts jamming out, and I'm like, this is super awesome. Like, he's, like, this is, like, the most metal thing you can do, just blasting master of puppets and luring a legion of bat monsters toward you and my wife's like oh this is cool and then my son is like he's 14 he's like he's playing metallica and i'm like oh my god i love you so much for knowing that <laughs> like, I, like immediately i'm like oh i never introduced you to metallica but you know what it is so amazing um and that whole sequence like the fact that they like choreographed everything together they beat for beat so good um but i think that to me was one of the moments that kind of showed that character's progression. And then the, just the ability of the writers, like in the mm. first episode, Eddie was terrified. Remember, don't, I don't like this. Chrissy screaming rent and ran away. And yeah. then next time, next conversation, they're like, I'm not a hero. I just ran away. And now he's like, I'm going to be a hero and I'm going to stand up for myself. And he stood there and he took it and he died a hero. And that's what made that moment with Dustin, like so much more impactful at the end when he was telling his uncle about it was they did such a good job with showing this character truly grow over the course of just a few days. Right. And if that's the caliber of writing that they're capable of, I cannot wait to see the next season because they and pulled it, this it, off. And it's funny. is so they even well. talked about the next season being less episodes, but a little bit more substance and a little bit longer. I, you know, I hate to say it. This is what always happens with these good shows. The strength of that production team is so good. I, I, I know that they're going to give a great product, but if you just were to redo season four and give me the exact like the exact same amount of time, I would be fine with that. Maybe we would lose a little bit of fluff. Like maybe then we wouldn't have to have so much California stuff. But like the next season has to take place in Hawkins. And I don't know why. I don't know how they get Weed Kid 
to stay in Hawkins unless they do it the next summer. You talked about senior year, so maybe we see two years pass. I feel like the next season has to start in the fall. I feel like we, I, I don't feel like, I don't know if you can wait three years. Too much has happened. Right, and that's the weird thing because they they talked about in interviews up until the finale that they have to allow the passage of time to exist because the actors have all grown. COVID made this season so hard to film that they took three years. Now all of these kids are adults. So the the question is, are they going to age them down a little bit for the like a senior year thing, or are they going to just like jump into it and just pretend that we don't notice? Like, are they going to pull a John Krasinski and just make Quiet Place Part Two and just pretend that those kids are the same age that they were five years earlier and just no one talk about how they they magically grew up sure. over the course of an hour, but and you, and you know what's funny is uh, a quiet place has very it, it's funny that we're talking about Stranger Things. A quiet place feels like it's going to be a Paramount Plus TV show any day now. I'm sure 100%. we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna get a third movie um, because we got a second movie that did relatively well. We're getting very- two more for sure. We're getting a movie a prequel, a Quiet Place Day One. And then we're going to get a sequel, which takes place after Listen, that. Listen, they're so, they are so, they have created a timeline that they have to stick to. Everything no. has to happen. But A Quiet Place very easily could be a TV show. Could feel exactly yeah. like this with monsters and a house and some kids and all that stuff. Yeah. And, but no, like, so with this, with Stranger Things, that we, we tangent, they're pretty good. Um, I feel like whatever they do next, um, Obviously, this the season ended with with Vecna opening the gate, killing Max, but then unkilling then Eleven, unkilling her. Classic, um, classic movie trope: no body, no corpse. We didn't see Vecna. Vecna is alive and well. He is maybe yeah. not in that body, but he is still kicking it. Yeah, um, and then we have uh, the fact that there's a giant, like city-sized gate ripped open through half of Hawkins. Yes. Yes. Um, so there's a lot that they can do. And I'm very curious, like, if they're just going to, like, quarantine off the city. And, like, the next time we see all the kids will be like, oh, we had to move out of Hawkins. And then, like, it cuts into Hawkins and there's, like, demigorgons running through the streets and stuff. Like, and just government, like, almost like um, Army of the Dead, right? When they, they walled off Vegas. Like, you just have the yeah. government walling off Hawkins and no one's talking about what's inside of it. And the, the main kids have to get into that city. Like, I could see that be a thing. It cuts three years. They're like, oh, we lived in. We lived in a this other town because we, we had to leave, the, but we all we live in, back in. We all live in the FEMA camp that's all set yeah. up over here that looks like a shanty town, but everyone lives there. Yeah. The question is, do they go big or small? Because all of the conflicts at the end of the seasons have always been one-on-one fights. And the question is, does Godzilla come out of the ground? And if Godzilla comes out of the ground, how do they fight it? Do we right. have Eleven flying around like Neo at the end of the Matrix? Do we have the kids getting some sort of robot machine? It It's not in world, but that's the level that we're building towards. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, when the people say, oh, they're, they're going to jump with the shark. I'm like, but they jumped the shark in the first episode. Like this show. Yes. This, this show has given, it's like one of the funniest things that I had, a, like a lot of people critiqued uh, the Ninja Turtle movies, for instance, right? In uh, the early 90s, uh, Ninja Turtles 2 came out. They scrapped the original ending of the show, because the movie, because they thought it was too obscure for the medium because they were going to introduce the aliens, the Utrons, and kind of go into the Dimension X kind of stuff. And then they scrapped it, and then that's how we got the MC, uh, we got the Vanilla Ice sequence um, because they said it was too out there. And I, I always read that, and I'm like, 
but the audience just accepted five and a half foot turtles. <laughs> You're right. We we we're like, totally we're totally fine with mutants walking around New York City, and you're telling yeah. us aliens are a, a stretch too far, right? And so, like when when people say like, "Oh, we can't do something like this in Stranger Things," I'm like, "But we literally just had four seasons of this ten year old kid using X Men powers, and this evil MK Ultra government lab, and then these clearly invincible monsters. Like, I'm pretty sure they could be like." Oh, the government has also been working on these like exosuits. And then like I'd be like, okay, just make it look like it's got a tube TV sticking out of the back of it, and I'll believe it. And I keep waiting for the kid, uh, our main kid with this terrible bowl cut who's now back in Hawkins and can feel the alien uh, can feel this the thing. I keep waiting for him to get some powers. I keep that's waiting, what I'm thinking. Like, I keep waiting for him to go, oh, listen, so this sucks my life force energy, but I can now do what Eleven does because of the upside down. Right. And I feel what's probably going to happen, and this is my prediction, I'm glad you brought it up, was that he he said, I can still feel him. I know what he's planning to do. He's still out there. Like, But I'm going to see, I not quite the Matrix kind of a thing, where like he's flying around with her, but I could see like in the second movie, where Neo is stopping things in the real world because he's still connected to it, I could see that the characters are getting attacked by demigorgons, and then since he's still connected, he can stop them. He can't yeah. fight them, but he can stop them because he's yeah. still connected to them. Sure. Like, I sure. can see him display some power, but not, like, floating with Eleven and mind-blasting people. So where do we think this... Okay, so we have season four. We only have good things to say about it. They've really created a space for themselves to do more. What is the future of Stranger Things? Are we get? We know that we're getting a season five, but is that it for the Duffer Brothers, or do they have some more stuff coming? So the Duffer Brothers announced, Netflix announced the other day with the Duffer Brothers that they are doing, um, that the Duffer Brothers, because of the massive success of season four, and mind you, like, they took over the internet for like a month. And, they really did. You know, it's so yeah. funny. I, 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 I dislike, there's a real question of do you do weekly shows or let everybody binge it? This really gave everyone a month to get on the hype train, and it really paid off well. It was a really great right. experience to have and to have those water cooler conversations. Right. So the the massive success led to them starting their own production company, the Upside Down Pictures. Um, they're now Great partnering name. with Netflix. Uh, they The announcement gave them um, they're going to be making season five of Stranger Things. Uh, some weird offshoot stage play, which I am so curious about that I don't I don't even know how it's going to work, but Okay, let's do it off Broadway or Broadway. I'm a, I don't big, care what I'm a it big fan is. of the Nair video games, which has a series of Japanese only stage plays that explains more of the story. So I am totally down for us to have a stage yeah. play. Super weird, but okay, cool. Um, they're adapting Stephen King's The Talisman. Um, oh, that was the book. Pretty cool. And they're making a new show. Uh, they're adapting Death Note. Wow. So, you, ooh, um, what do you, which one, which one of the kids do you think gets to be the main character? Do you think one of these Stranger Things? Part of me hopes that none of them do. Like, oh. I just want them to be like, be just. I mean, it'd be pretty fun to see Hopper as the demon, <laughs> but we saw that with Hellboy <laughs> as, as a Shinigami, um, sure. Yeah, but no, but um, honestly, I think that. I mean, aside from that, they also said they're doing a uh, in in world spinoff, but not with these characters. So, mm. um, I'm curious what they're gonna do. Maybe we're gonna see more of those kids from the Rainbow Room that didn't die. Maybe that's going to go that way. Like the failed uh, backdoor pilot from season two, maybe they'll pick up and re the, yeah, repurpose it into a better way. The street new mutant kids, you mean? Yeah. The one who can make people see things like, yeah, cool. All right, let's do that. 
Um, but we know that at the very least, Stranger Things gets one more season, it gets a spinoff and a stage play. Mm, mm. So um, that's a thing. Well, the quality, you know, I'm glad that Netflix is able to realize the quality of the work. Maybe, unfortunately, is only because it did blow up the way that it did. But if that is the case, I am thankful for it because it's so great to feel these visions come to fruition and see it. And even if you don't like the choices in the show, I'm glad that they are. You can very clearly see their thinking. You can see the way they're setting up these storylines. You can see where Eleven decks that girl in the face and almost kills her with a roller skate and how that then leads to her and her arc of am I a hero, am I a villain? So one thing that they did say, though, that with this finale, uh, like you said, it's going to be smaller episodes. Like not going to I think the way they said it's probably going to be like the same amount of episodes, but we're not going to see an episode that's three hours long. Sure, right, we're going to see sure. hour-long episodes again. Um, but they said that they they are going to have a resolution and they're going to have to have like a Return of the King-style ending, which to me is like the end of the world happens, they save the day, and then the heroes have like their epilogue. And These are all broken children. You know, yeah. the, the Nancy character, the, the, uh, you know, Eleven is in love with the other boy. Like there's no, like, you know what I mean? Like we have to see what their lives become because this is forever change them there's not going to be like oh we go to college and do shots like this is the most adult thing all of the kids have been forced to grow up very so the question is do you think they're going to go like harry potter and have like an epilogue set 15 years later where they're aged up to look older and they have kids yes and i think we see and if we're talking about it like that i think we have to see maybe we have to see steve's world come true we have to see him with the six kids maybe we see 30, 25, 20, 18 years later, 15 years later, and they're all at the cabin and everyone's pulling up with their kids. Maybe, you know, it's so funny is I don't know, you know, 11 is the catalyst for everything. It is her powers that, you know, the friends were there, but she is the thing that is what drives the world. So I can't see, you know, even if they have a gaggle of kids, I don't see necessarily like more psychic kids or anything like that. But yeah, I think we do need to have some resolution of what these characters, because if not take the Harry Potter kids until one of those kids dies, there will always be rumblings of, you know, you really could get Ron and Hermione and Harry back together again. You know, you get that cursed child adaptation. Let's do it. You know, you could really get them where their kids get in trouble and Harry Potter and the friends have to go on an adventure. I mean, even though I don't think they're working on that, that conversation is always in the is always in the back of people's minds because those actors look the part. They're still in the world. They're still alive. Yeah, 100 percent. So I think as we get closer to whatever is going to happen, I I want to see resolution. I want to see happy endings. I want to see. Uh, the Lord of the Rings kind of an ending where like you have the characters who survive, like which was the majority of them. The only sure. one who died was Boromir. Um, like I want to see them all have their happy ending. And and like with Lord of the Rings, we saw Sam write his book and get his wife and his kids, and he had that that moment. And then I mean, obviously in the in the, the book, it's very different. There's like a whole like scourging of the Shire and like things went terrible, but then they all became heroes again. But I I do see them succeeding where game of thrones failed where game of thrones almost had the perfect ending where the dragon flew off they could have ended it right there and it would have been beautiful but then they had their epilogue which should have been a whole episode on its own and not just 20 minutes of dialogue yeah this show i feel like they're going to dedicate a whole episode to that epilogue 
So yeah, and it's funny that we want people to die. I don't want anyone to die, but the stakes are too high. We're going yeah. to. I thought you, you're right. I thought Hopper could have died any moment in this season, and I would have been. I would have you know not liked it, but I would have been okay with it. Yeah, maybe that's what. Maybe those are the different things that we're building up towards. You know what yeah. I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, one thing that I loved about the show, and I think it's a, a hidden Easter egg throughout the show, and I think some people have brought it up, but in season one you see Hopper wear this little blue bracelet, right? And at the end of the season, when you see his daughter die of cancer, you see that the bracelet's actually her hair tie before right. her hair fell out. And then as the show went on, um, Eleven starts wearing the bracelet. And then in like in this season, you see that Eleven is still wearing it because as she's like holding uh, uh, Mike's hands in the, the whole pineapple pizza scene, they closed up on her hands and she still got it on her hands. And then when she finally hugs Hopper and she gives him that big hug, they kind of close up on again. You see the bracelet again, like they're back together. Like those are these long standing little Easter eggs that I think are just really cool that I, it makes me feel like if either one of them die. Cut to 15 years later at the lake house, the kids get out of the car and we see the blue headband on a little, on a new little girl's head as she goes. To exactly. The like, yeah, dad, let's go on the swings. Let me go see grandpa. And she runs up and she's got the headband on and he sees it and it just tears out of my face. Cause I'll be like, Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would be earned at that point because it's mm. one of those tiny Easter eggs that is carried through the entire show that the production team clearly loves and cares about, but they're not outright saying it, but it's one of those little things that I think um, all you have to do is have a little girl run up to grandpa Hopper. He holds her and it just like a quick pan. He sees it and just, that's all I need. Right. Uh, I, I think that the, the show has really built an incredible world and however they want to start paying off those things in this final season, I think it's, it's all far, it's all par for the course. You know, they really have made an excellent body of work that stands up and will continue to stand up. And in terms of television, it, I, I mean, I don't, again, is this television? It's this weird in between because the quality is so high the way that they write for these characters, it is a, I will tell you, Stranger Things doesn't come to my mind in terms of my fandom that I actively speak about, but I think I need to start being a champion for it even more because boy, is it just the execution of these things, the way that it plays out, the the world that they have built is super fun. Yeah. And no, I agree. I completely love it. But you know, I think that's all the time that we have for this because I we can go on for more, more time. And we were originally shooting for half an hour and we went half an hour over because we just sure. loved, we loved the show. We didn't even um, talk about uh, the, the captain of the basketball team who's not a racist. They walked out oh, you very clear line. Homelander not- Jr.? Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh-huh. Um, Such a also, terrible character. shout outs to uh, the, the costuming team. Uh, Eleven's white outfit is my favorite is the easiest cosplay outfit for anybody with short hair it's a great yeah. outfit it's a two-piece you can it looks very comfortable it's got pockets for your cell phone when you go to comic-con so i uh that was also another big standout moment i was like oh they gave her they very clearly that's her final her white knight outfit if you will yeah exactly no um so many things we so many things we can still say about it, but you know, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it there. Sure. Uh, thank you all for joining us. If you want to support what we do and help us do what we love, uh, join us here on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the culture nerd. Uh, thank you again for all of our current Patreon supporters. All 10 of you, thank you so much for what you do. Help us helping us uh keep this going. Um, 
We do have a special podcast uh, specifically with Patreon supporters, P- uh, TCN After Dark, which we uh, have another episode coming out real soon for you guys. And it's going to be a controversial one because, you know what, let's just throw it up there. You We're going to be talking it? about yeah. Ezra Miller. Yeah, it is and- a huge problem that this guy is supposed to be the face of a new franchise and he is problematic as hell. Yeah, so what, whatever side of the, that conversation that you land on, if you think uh, think Ezra's innocent, you think Ezra's guilty, um, whatever side of that conversation, we're going to go over all of it um, and in colorful language because we have we have thoughts and we have words to say about this. Um, sure. But uh, thank you again. Go ahead, uh, scan the QR code, join us, uh, follow us on any of the platforms, uh, like, subscribe, and thank you again. See you all next time. See you all next time. Have a wonderful day.